Welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. Super excited about our guest today. We have Henry Martins from the Brothers Martins. Um, we have a really awesome discussion um, about editing, storytelling. We get into sound design. We talk about teasers a little bit. Um, just a bunch of stuff that, especially if you're into filmmaking, that I think would really, really um, help you and challenge you. And if you're not into filmmaking, you're a photographer or a wedding planner, just hearing from people who are amazing at what they do. And trust me, Henry is amazing at what he does. He's at the top of the industry. Um, I think we'll challenge your business and it will help you think about what does it mean to be a storyteller in this industry and how can I refine my craft? I view florists, caterers, wedding planners, designers, photographers, we're all telling a story and, and thinking very keenly and um, with a lot of intentionality about the type of story you're telling and how you're crafting it and what are your elements you're working with. We get into even like ambient sound at locations, like who thinks about that stuff? I mean, a lot of people, hopefully, but maybe if you're just new, maybe you never have. And so I think um, the way he thinks, I think will challenge anybody, not just wedding filmmakers. So definitely check it out. Be sure to subscribe and click on the bell and um, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, be sure to hit that alert bell. Guys, enjoy it. Count down. Three, two, one. Okay, so here we are. We have Henry Martins on the Wedding Pros Podcast. Henry, thank you so much for being on the show today, this morning, tonight. Whenever you're listening, wherever it is. Yeah. So, so Henry's in Bali right now, and we're uh, back in Boston. And so it's like, what time is it there, Henry? Uh, like 9.30 a.m. Yeah, yeah. And it's about uh, 9, 8.30 here. So. Yep. Yep. Many hours away, but thank you so much for taking time out of your vacation to be here. It means a lot to us, and we're gonna have some fun. Happy to. Definitely, Henry. How do you uh, how do you feel Thanks about for me on? How do you feel about credit card processing fees? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> In, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Let, let's just we'll move over that topic. There's got to be a way around it. You know? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> there one is of no these way days, around it. One of these, you know, here, no. Here's the thing. Uh, there needs to be a lobbyist company because here's the thing. I'm cool with paying someone a fee to process it, but it shouldn't be a percentage because it's oh all digital. God, it's digital, so it doesn't cost a bank more money <laughs> to move sixty thousand versus six hundred. So there should be flat rate fees. It's well, brutal, man. You, but good luck lobbying it. We, and, we, we were just talking about it because we were like, you know, like we've always done it just because it's a convenience. We do a ton of weddings and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. But kind of getting into that luxury market, I'm like, well, do we want to do it? Like, it, so that's just like. If I was doing 10 <laughs> weddings, I was like, oh, we have to because those people would be so pissed. They won't get their Amex points. Yeah. But yeah. I get it. I'm yeah. glad to provide the convenience, but it's funny because we pay not only do we. Pay, and by the way, Honeybook, we love you. We love to have you on our podcast sponsor of the podcast yeah. but we pay them the credit card processing and a fee to honeybook yeah percent it's a honeybook is why do you pay a fee to honeybook because they have a subscription fee so there's like a usage fee oh okay yeah so there's just all okay, kinds gotcha, of fees gotcha, gotcha. and all kinds of whatever yeah and still i'm like i don't want to go cost of doing business yeah this is a riveting conversation by the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is why people yeah, tune in no. great start to the podcast Henry posted to facebook yeah. today and i was like ah yes someone's speaking truth so yeah <laughs> um, i was just so frustrated you know because like i was excited to book that job anyways and then i was just like wait I just lost like five hundred dollars <laughs> on. It was like four thirty. I was like, "What?" I know. Like it's not like you know. Everyone has a like a level, right? Like I would lose like a hundred bucks. I'm like, okay, hundred bucks. But when you see like one transaction, you're like four hundred and thirty dollars. You're like, I mean, shit. We anyway. So yeah. I think we ended up paying nine grand last year. I think it was more. I think it was more. It's painful, mm -hmm. dude. Anyway. It's a good it's, sign because you're doing well. We buddy. can move on. We can edit yeah. this part out. <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Credit card processing yeah. fee. We'll trim that down in the post. It's it's part of doing business. Yeah. Um, so you work with your brother. Um, you guys have a, a company. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Totally. Yeah. So my brother is a photographer. I'm a filmmaker in the wedding industry. And so uh, we previously had companies, you know, uh, individually uh, where he offered photo and I offered video. And then uh, he's been doing it longer than me. So once uh, I got good enough, basically, we partnered up. Uh, we always love the idea of working together. Um, we love collaborating uh, together. 
um, and giving the client a very seamless experience. Um, and so yeah, so we're a photo and, and video team. Um, yeah, and we're based out of Dallas, Texas. I would say we do 50% travel, 50% uh, local in our Texas market. Um, and so yeah, so it's, and travel for us is just anywhere outside of Texas. We do a couple international a year and then a lot of other states. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, your brother's an awesome photographer too. Definitely check out your work if you're listening. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, I didn't even know your brother did photography. I always knew Henry Weddings, and you know when, you know four years ago people were like, "Oh, you gotta check out Henry's Weddings, man." And then I was like, "Oh, his brother does photography." And he's <laughs> That's why they're called the Brothers Martin. That's it. That's it. So um, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. So it's good. <laughs> you know what? When I was doing research for this podcast, um, I was trying to find a headshot of you, and I just entered in Henry Martin's. There's a lot of Henry Martins, a couple car dealers. There's like a UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I almost put made a post on, on Instagram that was like, which Henry Martins will be on our podcast this week? <laughs> Guess. Um, so but what? Still do it. Here, what is a teaser anyway? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I, th I think that uh, our work is kind of like, and I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing yet. But I feel like we're really getting known or standing out a little bit because of the teasers that we've been putting out, um, which is it, a good thing. But uh, yeah, I, if you're if you're a photographer, I feel like you want to say something. Yeah, if you're a photographer, I'm kind of kidding because I know every I've heard Henry interviewed like a couple times in the last few months. Uh, I saw him speak, and, and and like every time he talks, they're asking him about his teasers. And I tease him, so I tease you about teasers. Yeah. But like, but if you don't know, if you're a photographer and you're like, what is it? What are they talking about? Basically, we're talking like one to two minute little social media friendly films that are being released to kind of push your brand that are a little different than maybe the longer films that are being delivered to the clients. They're promotional films, basically, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it basically, it is your marketing, right? So like, um, like a teaser from a film perspective is um, it's, it's literally like what you do to get people sucked in to go and like look at your portfolio. Because when people are shopping, they're not going to want to, I mean, when people are really shopping and trying to make a decision, they'll sit there and watch, you know, 50 different videos, right? Um, but what's cool about teasers is they're usually for social media, like you said, and, you know, uh, I kind of classified it in my presentation at Vision Quest that there's two kinds of teasers. It's like a recap teaser, um, which is just kind of like, pretty and not even pretty she's kind of like very true of like the events that happened in the wedding but then there's these things that i like to call and i think i can coin it it's called hype teasers um and it's just like in your face like right off the bat like if you're scrolling through instagram and like you hear it or see something it's going to try it's going to suck you in and maybe get you looking at it and then from there you know maybe somebody what one thing that i love tracking on instagram is how many shares mm -hmm. happen when you post yeah. a teaser um when we post teasers we're getting 30 to 40 shares um, which means people are sending it to people that are engaged. And then the next thing you know, within a month, we start seeing large yeah. inquiries in our email. So teasers are really, really powerful, just getting people in, getting them to look at your actual work and then falling in love with your brand. The, the thing about if you're a wedding photographer, because it's got like a Pinterest ability to it, cause there's like, like you can go yeah. like, Oh, details like, Oh, this is a dress I want. And that photographer you're, you're getting marketing because of that right yep. we don't really have that as filmmakers as effectively and so we have to overcome the fact that i don't want to watch a film about someone i don't know that's boring to people like it feels weirdly invasive it's not that interesting to people they want to see pictures <laughs> of dresses but they don't want to watch somebody's uncle talking they don't care about that unless it's got some sizzle or some glamour or something attractive yeah. and so like you have to find a way to say in your marketing you almost have to depersonify, depersonify it a little because the people watching it, they want to imagine themselves there. They want to imagine themselves in one of your films. They don't want to imagine, they don't want to know that person who's getting married. And like film yeah. pictures, it's easy to do that with. You just show the dress, they like the dress. They see the flowers, they like the flowers. Like they want to imagine themselves in that dress and that flowers. Teasers are really great. I'm kidding a little that, you know, we were teasing them about it, but at the same time, if you haven't tried it and you don't understand, well, why does it matter? Well, you're trying to do something that has a little more of a grabability. So, um, and, I, and I think as a creative too, it's kind of, um, it's, it's a way to be a little bit selfish and greedy with like creativity. Like yes. you can get away with things in a teaser that you probably couldn't Very get away so. with. Yeah. In, in like a full length film, somebody, you know, might be like, Oh, that's too like, edgy for us if it was the whole film like you know that's the thing they're, they're gonna show to their mom so, the teaser is yeah. really for like they're cool and friends, something really 
I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And then the cool thing about it, and it might cause a little bit of identity crisis with your brand, but you will see people, because of first-hand experience, that like teasers and want their whole film to be like that. Mm -hmm. so you, you might end yeah. up attracting a new type of client totally. with teasers, which is you, really cool. You get more opportunities to expand yourself creatively instead of just... And they're a lot of fun because like, there's so much less pressure. So like, it takes all, like, you're just, honestly, you're just kind of like, it, when you're doing with like a hype teaser, you're just trying to make something as, as cool as you want. You can use weird music that's, you know, either like very totally. outside of the norm if you want to. Um, you can try, yeah, different like uh, trendy things. Like, I'm, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out the zoom transition. I've never been able to use it, but when Sculpting with Time uses it, it looks all, you know, the, the zoom, like when it goes between two like shots. Like a dolly it zoom? It looks really like, natural when I try it. The Alex no, 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 Douglas no. The, shot? The, 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 tra the, the traveler uh, zoom that's like uh, a transition like between two shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like all the travel vlogs. Yeah, yeah, I still <laughs> haven't been able to make it work, but on every teaser, I still try to figure out how to do it, and it still doesn't feel right to me, so I keep skipping out of it. But there's other things you can try that are really cool. Teasers are great. I just, I just love them, and um, I think some of our like most we, – we generate a lot of inquiries from teasers. So, so. you kind of brought in, in something, which – I always say this to Jared about your work. There's some people's work that you're like, there are things that you're, you, it just looks the same every time they release it and not in a bad way. It's just, you see it and you're like, Oh, yeah. that's 31 films. You know, it yeah. looks a certain way. And there's all kinds of, even some of the things they do from an editing standpoint, a lot of people, you know what it is like your stuff you're always trying something new. There's this, there's always that sense of play yeah. and exploration. And it like, cause I remember when the first year you like, maybe not the first year towards the beginning of your career, Jared was like, <laughs> yeah. Jared was like, Oh, I love this film. It's got this interview with these daughters. I think it was a couple getting married and okay. they had kids. And so you interviewed the kids and they were talking about the kid solo, right? One kid. Yeah, maybe. And, and they were taught, yeah, it was yeah. a big, it was like the narration for the film. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. And I was like, oh, this is what his work is like. Okay, then I see the Aruba yeah, film. Yeah. And I was like, no, this isn't like, no. And then no, I saw true. your other films. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not that. You're, you're. <laughs> <laughs> so like, then I figured it out. And I'm like, it's all about exploring what he's doing. He's always trying to challenge himself. And so for you, like, is there anything that's off limits into how you make these films or is it always a challenge and you're always trying to push yourself? Always trying to push myself for sure. Um, but that's also something that, that like we sell in like our, our communication with our mm -hmm. clients is that we don't make the same films. Um, it's also something that, um, that, and here's the, the actual, cause I just, my, uh, I just spoke at wedding film retreat which was so awesome being there. I mean, what Sarah and Rick have put together, dude, like I'm going back next year as an attendee because it's such a unique experience, it's phenomenal. But well, the big thing I talked about was actually like my work, right? And then um, how it doesn't really come from a selfish place. It really comes from um, what Matt Johnson calls like relational filmmaking. Um, all the different like elements that you see in the, in the different films that we showcase, are really because of the couples that we're filming. It's either their style or their personalities um, or you know their location. Uh, we try to find those unique elements and how and like a creative way that fits them to showcase um, their work. So that's what you're seeing that's different in like the films that we do. Um, is like some couples like oh, it's Antigua, right? They feel like almost it almost felt like Nigerian royalty. It felt very like uh, cinematic and like and uh, and it's yeah, it's just very unique, right? Uh, and then you have Joshua Tree, like super hipster couple, and that's the one with the daughter. Um, and so just trying to find ways to tell their story. And I got to meet with them, for instance. And when I met them, uh, Natalie is from uh, is a daughter that Jillian had before she met Tom. And so what was cool about meeting them for coffee is sometimes, you know, step parents are uh, a little weird when the parents get remarried. Mm -hmm. But I could tell that Natalie and Tom had an amazing connection and that Natalie was a huge part of Jillian and Tom's relationship. And so uh, by getting to meet her, I also saw that she was really comfortable on camera because her mom's a photographer. So that's where that idea came from is like getting to know the couple and then realizing, okay, this is an awkward uh, you know, relationship. Like they're the daughter and the new stepdad are really close. And, um, and then they're also a big part of the relationship. So that's how that kind of came to be. So 
I think that when you look at our work and you see the different elements, again, it's just not really anything that like I'm doing, but just trying to pay attention to what our couple's giving me to work with. Sure. It seems like you're kind of at yeah. the stage in your career where you're, you're going up that ladder of like, you know, from the high end market to really like the luxury market, right? Like how has your interaction with the client changed over that time? Is it, do you try to keep it pretty much the same? Like, Hey, let's get coffee kind of thing. Have you seen that relationship change over time? Yeah. So we put a lot of effort into this and it's, and it's going to be interesting because I think to a lot of people, the luxury market is like the one all be all like that's your goal. Right. Yep. Um, but I think even in the luxury market, if, and this, I don't know if it's the right term of luxury market, because luxury market, you know, I think typically is like those, you know, two, one, two million, three million plus weddings that are really kind of ballroom or, or maybe they're outside, but just extremely eccentric florals. I think that's what people think of when they think luxury market. They think sure. Ray Roman, you know, yep. Alex Douglas and you know Whitney Douglas, they've tapped into that market. But um, the thing for us in like really in the last year identifying I don't think we want to get into that luxury market. Sure. Um, and so it's a it's a really interesting thing because of the client relationship. The client relationship at that level is very different. Um, and a big part of what we do is is not just taking people out to coffee, but to take them out to dinner and drinks. Um, really, no matter where they live. Um, so we have a very unique uh, ideal client. It's obviously people that have wealth and that are going to spend a lot of money, but people that are um, still very. Uh, down to earth and accessible. Well, um, we were saying it yesterday, I, yeah. but like, and, you, and I think you just hit on it again, but even when we were talking to the Hans, like ideal client is kind of, I think actually a misnomer because it's really ideal process, right? And then there's a client who fits into that process because you know what you need to make, okay. right? And I think like some clients won't let you make it and you can't work with them. And it's like, if your process yeah. is like, I don't, I just show up. I don't care. I just show up. I make the film. I don't need to speak to you. I'm going to make this like, great. You should, you can hit the film. Yeah. No matter what. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it just depends. And what I love about what you just said is you, it was, it was all about self-awareness. It was like, this is what I need to do to make the film that I'm proud mm -hmm. of and happy with. That's going to just release me to do what I need to do. And a lot more creatives would be much more, they would do better focusing more on themselves and what they need to make than even on the client. And then of course that feeds into the client. You start to decide like, oh, we had a client today. We were like, eh, we can't work with this person. It just, it won't work. They, they're not going to be happy. Yeah. And that's even, we say it all the time. It's like, I don't, I want the client that I can make happy and you're not going to be happy yeah. with, with what I'm going to do. And so it's awesome because every, the more we talk to people, the more I'm like, they're so aware of what they need to know to make the film. And like, if you really, if you want to apply what Henry's doing in your business, you need to apply that kind of self-awareness. And obviously you got to put in the hours to know, but like, you need to go like, yeah, for sure. Like, Hey, this is what I want to make. Yeah. I, I've been interested. You yeah. Know, you got to analyze like your experiences. Yep. Totally. Uh, I, I, as we, um, kind of dip our toes. Cause like, I, I feel a little bit like we're just starting to get into that luxury market. You know, we've, we've shot a couple weddings and, um, and you know, meeting you and talking to Alex and talking to people in the industry. Um, it's exciting to see the different types of people in that market. Cause like, like you said, exactly what you said, like, you know, you think of the luxury market as being like people that are just like, <laughs> smoking cigars and like <laughs> top hats chumming on. it up with top hats <laughs> on or something oh. like oh how awesome yeah, would that yeah, be yeah. to shoot a wedding by the way everyone wore monocles oh phenomenal <laughs> i would love that <laughs> okay. uh but but you, you think of it that way but the diversity up there you know and and just diversity and personality certain people want a very like opulent wedding that's just like showing off some people that have a lot of money want it to be much more intimate um, and what does that look like? Yeah. And so, That's you know, it. it's almost like there's different, um, filmmakers in that luxury market, um, that can really diversify and, and do something different. Like what you're putting together is way different than what Alex is putting together, but there's space up there, you yeah. know? And, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. I, I think we talked about it yesterday with the Hans, like, you know, the, the photography community has kind of figured out that like ultra luxury market. And I feel like Ray has been doing it literally forever, but everyone else is like, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to see other people kind of get up there and, and well, yeah. the, it's like, there was, 
there was literally hardly any supply before. Yeah. Now there's a lot of people who can supply this to that. I mean, it's going to be an interesting 10 years for our industry. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I would say the demand is even going up, right? Because of social media. I think the demand before and people's expectations, um, you know, that's one thing that I was so, uh, so, so proud of Sculpting with Time is that they made it on Harper's list of uh, top filmmakers. Yeah. Because for the longest time, the luxury market has been classified, right? As like this bright, pretty, and that's great because there's nothing wrong with that, right? Very bright, very pretty, very filmic looking. You look at the other filmmakers on the list, right? And it's very much that. Yes. And what I absolutely loved about Sculpting with Time making the list um, is that they, Alex said, they always thought that their style was luxury and that it fit in, into, that, into that realm. And so what's cool though, is I think by them being on the list and by people that look at the list, planners, other photographers, brides that look at that list, all of a sudden now they're gonna see something different and what's so great, like that they made, it's gonna be great for the rest of us filmmakers. Now people are gonna say, oh, this is also luxury. And the trickle down effect will, in like 10 years, right? The trickle yeah. down 10, the next 10 years of the industry is gonna be very interesting. And I think, that, and I don't, no one's really talked about it, but I honestly think them being on that list is gonna make a big difference in the luxury market of like, oh, yeah. what is considered luxury. It doesn't have, from a looks perspective, you know? Well, and it's, I don't honestly hardly know anyone on that list. Like I know a few of the guys, no, yeah. but I've never even heard of most of those guys. And I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the way they wanna keep it. Yes. <laughs> But like they're part of our crew. Like sculpting with time mm-hmm. is part of the team. Like they're just as much as I think they're yeah. luxury, they're part. Not to say these other people are outside of the community, and I don't have any no issue with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it's interesting because it's like, it's it is working its way down in terms of like, it's gonna get stirred up. Because first of all, Alex and Whitney, they're not gonna hog it. Like they're gonna, they're yeah. all about. I mean, what they do, well. they're like light years ahead. I, I, the thing <laughs> I about them is like they're like. <laughs> I feel like you just remove them. They're like unicorn, oh, and yes. then like, and then the rest of us will the try rest to rest of us. Well. I like, always just tell their people. Own thing. I always tell people, and I'm like, I could never even operate a camera that well. I don't even. <laughs> I, I could never ever make the film he made, like. In my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't even, like, think about <laughs> it. Like, the thinking on his feet to get some of the shots. It's like he's editing while he's shooting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough about and, a person who's like, not on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, a process, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I want to get into... We're all ed- big fangirls. We get it, yeah. yeah. I, I And honestly, the nicest people in the world. Let's just be real. They're so oh, yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. So, so... Um, so humble to you. Before you were a filmmaker, like, you were a musician, right? Or maybe at the same yeah. time, but you, you know, you have a musical background. I'm kind of a musician, and one of the things I noted, like people who love music, are the best editors. That's my opinion. I think so. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't mean that the musicians, like, you don't have to be a musician, but you got to love music, right? Because you got to have a sense of rhythm, especially yeah. wedding films. Wedding films are so rhythmic. It's not just look at the little peaks and line up your cuts to the peaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like... It's counter rhythms. There's and, yeah. a slap and there's sliding. It's like there's so many things that you have to like make a person feel. How, how yeah. does that affect your editing? Do you feel like it's like a big part of what you do? Yeah, I think, I think it makes a big difference in what I do. Um, the biggest thing that I'd say in the musical elements that we choose, like sets our, part, uh, our work apart, is that... Um, it's like art music is subjective, but to an extent, um, there's, there is like a level, right? Of like a good song versus a not good song or like a song that like wouldn't be played on the radio. Does that make sense? Like, and, and I can say that from, cause I was a musician. So like, and I wasn't very successful at it because there is like a definitive, like this is a good production and this is not. So I, the big thing for me is like when making music choices, if it doesn't like check off my boxes, like does it sound good? Is it mix good? Um, you know, is this like an actual like catchy melody? Like those are things that I, that I look for when trying to find a feeling of a song, like when I'm going through music bed, because that's pretty much the only service I use. Um, and, and obviously I was a drummer too. And so that plays a huge role in the editing is just like feeling the, the beats and like, the, like I said, the counter rhythms. Um, but uh, I think, uh, I don't know, and there's also, like, I, let me just say this, I think, it, I think when choosing music, 
it's really important to know like what you don't want as much as as much as understanding what you do want and what i mean by that is like i pretty much have a rule if it's acoustic guitar and four on the floor i'm never going to use it right because it's, just, it, it's like it just it's it, not my thing right um if you shot a lot of so, new yeah, hampshire so like weddings, I, uh, weddings like we do you might have to <laughs> No, well, that dude, no, I, I'll disagree with you. Like Dallas is, was that way and still is that way. But when I started in Dallas and I'm friends with like the three guys that were running it, like you can, you can be different and you'll be accepted. I promise. You guys do it, do it. <laughs> Just don't choose the acoustic guitar music. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Music selection, it, it is hard to kind of describe because it comes naturally to me. Um, because well, of isn't, background, isn't that totally, weird about but, it? Um, I talk about this. There's this interview I saw. And I think it's uh, Musicians Explain Music at Five Levels of Complexity is what it's called or something. And it's his piano player, and he teaches a child about music. And he's like, here's chords. And then he teaches it. And and then he finally gets to, and I think he's talking to, like, um, Herbie Hancock about piano at the very end. Him and Herbie Hancock are talking about piano. And the more skilled you get at something, the less, um, like, actual terms that you use that are – objective you use more subjective terms so like when you're starting at the bottom you're like Feeling. yeah he, he's like this is kind of like a chord like slaps in and it's like and they're talking about how they feel about the song <laughs> and they're talking about grooves and they're talking yeah it's just like when you watch when you look when, when, when i'm describing a tone i'm like it's kind of squishy it's kind of a squishy tone kind of woolly yeah, yeah, yeah. and like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense but if you're a musician and you know about fuzz pedals you know exactly what i mean and i think <laughs> That is exactly what we were talking about when we we're really getting into the highest levels of being like a really just an editor in general, but especially when you're working with music is like, it is way more about feel than it is about like rules and the rules will get you going. Like if I was to teach a person editing, cause I teach high school kids editing and I'll just say like, just go with the beat. That's a decent film. Yeah. You can, and like, you'll see that guys who are new, they're just cutting to the beat. That's not bad. As you get bigger and you start learning things, you start to take more risks. And what I love about your music choice things is like, you're really using the music choice as part of your creativity. You're not just trying to go like, oh, what can the client, what will the client like? Even though I think that's fine. If that's your business model, ask a person what they like. You know, we're editing 120 wedding films a year, Henry. I'm not going to. Crazy. We're going to ask them what they like and we're going to edit a film to what they like because <laughs> I don't have time to do revisions. But when we're doing our higher end films, yeah, totally different experience. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I, I always tell our guys because we, we, we just had a um, we have a, um, a guy that works for us. He's 20, 20 now. And he's just now I was just like, hey, do this trailer for a film. Do like a little teaser and just go wild with it. I'm not going to put any parameters on you, you know. Do high transition, do highlights, make it like you would make one of your skateboard videos, really feel it out, feel the song. And, um, you know, he did just an incredible job and he keeps on like progressing and, and using his creativity and editing the music. But editing in the music, I don't think at first it came naturally to him. And at first I was like, dude, you just have to listen to better music in general. Like, li- like listen to some new stuff that's not just like and honestly, it helps. Like, I, have you ever seen uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi? Yeah. The move, the documentary. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's about this ninety like year old. I'm gonna watch it now. Yeah, it's amazing. It's he's a chef. It was one of the first like DSLR films I remember too, but he's a he runs a three Michelin star restaurant in Tokyo in a subway. So it's the only sushi restaurant in the world that's three Michelin stars, and he's run it forever. He's like eighty five or something. But in in movie, he said something that like literally changed my life. I think about it all the time. He's talking about making food, and he says in order to make good food, you have to eat good food. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, if you want to make. <laughs> it's so simple, but it makes sense. <laughs> if you want to make good films, you have to watch good films. If you want to make good films, you have to listen to good music. And so it's like, it's all about refining your palate. You totally. have to have a lot of experiences with this stuff. And yeah. So if you're like a person like, I don't like music, you won't. It's going to limit totally. your editing. It just, you're never going to be as great oh, yeah. as you could That's be. Me. Totally. I think. So. What I would, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, when his I was, opinion was really stupid. When I was in when I was in film school, like our the director of the school would always be like, you know, the, there's an industry saying like, 
can he edit to music? Because if he can't, he can be on, you know, this other documentary that doesn't really have to do with any kind of music. Like, he just does that. But there, there was the people that could edit to music and people that can't edit to music. And I think as the industry changes, you, you kind of, everyone kind of has to edit to music. It's like, you can't really, especially with wedding films, I don't see people really... I mean, you know. it's like, it's a very commercial So you have style. to learn. If it's not something you're good at, you have to learn how to edit. It's, it's yeah. a, you have to. Totally. So. You go. Oh, I was going to say, like, I did, I did a film, yeah, I did a film critique. And um, for a friend of mine, he's not a musician. And, like, there's, like, little things that you can, that you can cheat, right? Yeah. That you can, yeah. like, always sure. do. Or, or at least not always do. Or at least, like, try to do. Like, one of the... We get a lot of compliments from couples, not from filmmakers, about how our films flow with music. I pretty much always cut to the beat, um, generally. But it's not always the, like, one, two, three, four. Sometimes it may be yeah. on the, you know, the upbeats or whatever. But... Um, or some like, drum fills, but like the thing is, like uh, one of the easiest ways to really give your film an impact is to have like a, uh, whatever the climax of going to the chorus, like put like either like a, a big moment, like a first kiss, or or even you can sometimes you can do first kisses like before and then them exiting like the church, something that's on like a like a big moment. It really give, really gives like this huge feeling of like oh this is like a climax, right? So. Um, there's like little things like that that, that I will edit, like I'll do film critiques and people have their first kisses like in the middle of the verse and then like the climax of the song is like yep. when they're like I don't know, doing portraits and you're like oh if you just like shifted this around a little bit it gives like so much more of a feeling. Our films to be a good wedding filmmaker you have to like basically deal with the fact that your story doesn't have normal story structure. You don't have tension so you have to simulate tension through how you utilize music and sound. And, and then uh, like Alex does it amazing. He has almost like horror elements yeah. in his film, like visual yeah. <laughs> dissonance all the time that you're like, that's creepy to me. That's weird to me. But it, it's simulating this feeling of like, oh, you're watching a story, you know? And of course there's good storytelling. And, and yeah. like, if you understand sound design, you can create a feeling of like, it's just so much more the storytelling of good sound cannot go understated enough. Literally, I was doing an edit today and I did a thing and I was like, this is weird. And I'm like, I just put a riser in. Yeah. Felt good. That was it. Like, so the other thing I'll say, if you're editing, go get some good sound packs and mess around with it. Like, obviously be yeah. careful. I'll say one of the good sound packs to grab is uh, Film Crux. It's like $30. I love the lens distortion stuff, but it's hundreds of dollars. Film Crux or Recruit or whatever you want to say, that's, yeah. that's the one you want to buy. Is the, that Singularity? Film, film Crux, they were the people that were selling yeah. to me on Instagram. It's like a lot of, at first I was like, why do these people keep on trying to sell me like spaceship noises? The Singularity And then, and then right? I dove into it. I was like, oh, this yeah. is actually really I, good stuff. I love the Singularity pack. It's really good. Yeah. And it has yeah. like, it's got sounds yeah, that don't good. stick out so much that like everyone's going to be like, oh, you use that pack. Because I don't want that. Yeah, but no. yeah, but it's great, and it's, it's like, also thirty dollars. Yeah, it's thirty yeah. bucks. Yeah, good, good sound. You can't really tell what's in the background unless no. you isolated it. That's right? the thing is and like, yeah. as you're doing sound design, like I remember you did that yeah. sound design breakdown at, um, yeah, what Quest. film was it where you had the Disney cheering? Quest. Oh, uh, yeah, it was like a teaser, like from Tulsa. I would have Oklahoma, never noticed yeah. the cheering, coherently, like. It didn't, it didn't yeah. stick out. And then once you showed, you isolated it, I couldn't not hear it. Yeah. I it was, think, yeah, but like, but like it had this feeling of like, yeah. 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 Like just like, just the feeling of, of like people were like, I don't know. It was weird that I put it in there. But like when I did it, I was like, oh, that's what I was missing. Like it makes me feel like I'm like getting real excited for this church wedding. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> the thing I like about your films, Henry, is I, I, I feel like you're on a pace right now where if I close my eyes and I just listen to the, the the film that i would be like i i would imagine what the shots would be and then you open your eyes and it's exactly what you thought oh, you know wow. it's like um i think it, well, that's you. fun that's fun when you can get to that level of sound design and you can have that kind of like artistry and 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 just you know cohesiveness to the film i, I think that's uh that's a lot of fun that's a Thank fun you. spot to be in yeah we, we've been working on a film well and yeah i appreciate it I, I i wanted to ask you too you know when you're kind of creating this this world right you know are you how, how do you decide kind of like the is it when you're talking to the clients you know are you deciding hey this is going to feel this way this is going to be a 15 minute edit compared to a 10 minute edit what, what kind of elements are you putting together 
when you're meeting with the client, yeah. when you're trying to decide, you know, what kind of creative um, for sure, you know, vision for sure. you're putting together. Uh, film links, film links are definitely based on uh, money, right? How much pa- sure. what they buy in a package. So yep. that's like uh, the easiest way to decide film links. Um, when it comes to so because our films are literally so unique, yep. uh, I had to be very like it's not because I don't. My big thing is that I don't promise. I tell them this before they book, like when they're booking. Like I like I want to hear what you like about our work, but I'm not going to promise anything, and I don't totally. replicate our other films. I always tell them that, and they love that because we talk about how it's going to be custom, and they feel that they say each. I feel like I know this person. I don't even know them, and it feels different than your other films. So. Our whole approach is very custom, um, but the thing that I always have to ask is like, hey, what, which of our films do you like? And I actually will ask now that, that we, which, which of our films or elements from films of ours that you, do you not like? Just so I can know because- Yeah, because you don't want to like, give somebody you know, something they're gonna one, hate. When you have one film that's like cinematic and you have one film that's like a rager party the whole time, like I gotta know like if I can lean into these you know creative elements and so yeah. um, so just that's about it right and sure. then the rest of it is just getting to know them and being really um, aware of the wedding day um, something I found a long time ago uh, like in 2015 16 um, is like the location of uh, sorry the sounds of a location are for some reason so um, they're so, uh, they stir a lot of senses for people that have been there. So mm-hmm. like what I found is every city I go to really sounds different, city or location, right? So like in totally. Bali, Bali has a very unique sound. And so I always make a conscious effort to record actual sound in the locations, but then I will pair it with extra uh, library stuff. But I think it's really hard to create a li- like uh, this feeling, right? If you're just using library tracks. Because yeah, sure. people like, like, I don't know, like when you listen to it, your subconscious goes back to like a sound that you heard when you were traveling to a location. So um, just making sure that you're conscious to record audio just on your camera or whatever. Um, and then the other thing that I always tell people with sound design is it's, it is a muscle. Like don't get discouraged if like the first couple time, first 10, 15 films you're doing, it, it's not quite where you want it to be. Like it, it's just, you gotta keep practicing and you gotta be really critical with yourself. Don't just be like, the, the biggest, yeah, don't just like accept it or whatever. So like the biggest thing that I hate in wedding films and I see it, it's like the same sound almost. It's these birds chirping and I can tell it's just fucking fake. I'm sorry, no cursing. <laughs> um, it's just fake. And, um, and like I, I can, I'm just like, okay, there's like, there's no point in this like sound design. So with that being said, I hope that those, those times that I hear that people are just like, like working out that muscle and like they'll realize, oh, this sucks. I mean, like not do that again. But like, be real with yourself if it's like not good, and then like learn from your mistakes and keep growing. Yeah, um, even yeah. even just looking for extended sections where no one's talking in a clip, where you can use it yeah. to create. Like, in if you were doing production, we'd say, oh, and I gotta get some room sound, right? Because you don't want like yeah. if you have a noise gate on or something weird like that, you need to fill that spot in. The same yeah. thing happens in our films. We're cutting in and out between talking, just putting some room sound under there. That's sound design, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Going to the bridal difference. suite and just like like dropping a recorder in there and yeah. then telling them, hey, I'm gonna turn off the music for like a minute, right? And then turn it back on or whatever afterwards. Even things like that will make a difference because um, people will hear their laughs or hear their yeah. friends' laughs and it instantly sucks them back into the day. Sound, as we all know, is like very much overlooked in people's wedding films yep. um, because it's like another area to master and there's so many areas that you have to master as a wedding film maker. But um, it's obviously something that re- people will really notice it was 2017 was the year I decided to really put a big effort in, into getting better and including more sound design. And that's the year you can see like a big jump in our film quality totally. as well as our booking rates. It's so, a, it's a three dimensional thing. Oh, yeah. Like when, when, you know, I watch some of our yeah. films now and I'm like, Oh, you like, you have to drop some audio in there. It just sounds so flat. Like, yeah. So with the music, yeah, and it's the video, like, it's just like, uh, yeah, you, you got You got to add that yeah. in. Yeah, one of the easiest things like is just adding. If there's any outside elements, just add like a a, a bass wind track. Yep. Um, underneath the music, it yep. literally like if if you're showing any outside shots, like on most of mine in, in Final Cut, it's wind to four, just across the whole thing, just because it sounds so music video suck dry, like studio recording. Totally. If you just have music, so. You start start with there. Start with the wind, guys, and then try to in- integrate some more stuff. From, you know, but <laughs> I mean, just at like the end of the day, start little and build up. Sure. Sound design is actually something that y- is untapped 
in our market. And I, although it's a trendy term and people talk about it all the time right now, like oh, I'm working on sound design. And then they, they mean like including more quotes, um, which is fine. But like, but I do think yeah. in a reality, it is something that there is opportunity to make your mark and to be unique with how you use sound yeah. more so than like how you use a gimbal. There's only so many shots yeah. you can get, right? <laughs> and it's like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. editing is the secret that we get as filmmakers. And if you're not a filmmaker, if you're a photographer listening to this, like, I think the goal with editing photos is to spend as little time as possible editing your photos. Basically, yeah. and you can, <laughs> you can probably a lot of times get an amazing result, getting your process down and then outsourcing it. And it's fine. And, and if you do that, awesome. Some filmmakers can do that, but I think I'm your jealous. actual, yes, <laughs> your actual voice is your editing just totally. as much as how you yeah. shoot. Like, yeah. and, and so like, it's a little trickier to like, like if, if anyone, but Alex edited sculpting with time, it wouldn't be sculpting with time. Totally. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, and yeah. I feel the same way about your work, Henry. Is like, if anyone else but you was the primary editor, it wouldn't be a Brothers Martin film. I've tried. <laughs> oh, yeah, have you really? Out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's tricky. So let's talk gear really quick because yeah. I like gear and you love gear. Yeah. And we're always I love gear. going yeah. back and forth with rigging these black magics, <laughs> which I'm going to make a video <laughs> on this week. Jeez. I'm just... Here's all the parts you need to buy because I never have seen anyone who shows how to rig those things. Right. Because it's actually really, really hard. There's lots so, of it returns in Amazons. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> I returned so many parts. <laughs> I will help like you. Buy, I will oh, shit, I'll need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I just have this pile of like rigging. So let's talk about like how are you making your gear choices these days? What What are you loving? Like I yeah 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 uh man i i really do approach every wedding like um pretty unique even from a gear perspective um depending on style like if i'm gonna be filming handheld or if i'm gonna be filming uh gimbal or if i'm gonna be filming like documentary style so like a lot of that stuff like my my rig almost changes at least in some capacity every wedding we do um but with that being said the things that i'm really into right now i'm, I'm getting to experimenting um i've always been a big zeiss milvis user um, I honestly just love the image quality I get out of those on any camera. Um, but what are you using that 24 that mil now, which is just like, uh, now I got the 20. Yeah, I do have the 24. Yeah. 24, 35, 15, 85. Yeah. Um, I want to get the 18 though. Cause I, the, I'm gonna Dude, start I have the, we have the Canon Cine 14 mil. Oh yeah. 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 So good. That wide lens. Huh? Pretty sweet. On those so black magics with that little so crop. Expensive. Well, no, but I'm just saying a really w crazy wide lens. Looks so cinematic. Yeah, okay. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, so with that being said, I've, always, I've been really locked into like image quality and everything. But right now I'm experimenting with some vintage lenses and some, mm -hmm. uh, some convenience of zoom lenses, zoom lenses that have IS. Um, and I've done the test and I can clearly see the difference in image quality. Like I did, I have a 17 to 55 Canon and I mean, while I don't love the way it looks, I love that it has IS and that it's very functional for like some of these uh, running gun weddings I'm shooting. Um, yep. but then I also bought off of, uh, Am off of Amazon, like this $160, 50 millimeter. I can't, it's like a sumo cap. It's like some, some crazy vintage lens and it's, uh, it's like so warm. It's like the glass is almost like orange a little bit. And, mm -hmm. but the flare is like ridiculous. So, but it's so soft, but I'm experimenting with it actually on vacation now just to kind of shoot some footage to see what it's like. Um, if I want to pull it out when I am doing stuff, but, um, yeah, gear wise, black magic, um, small HD. Those are like the two consistent things that I always shoot with. Uh, and then the lens choices is just all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you want to talk about gear? I mean, I, I'm just <laughs> no, like, that's it. That's it. I mean, people just like the list, man. Yeah. Cause it, here's, what's funny. This yeah. is why I want to talk about it. <laughs> how do you feel about the fact that everything you just said, someone is going to just go try to do and make your exact film? <laughs> uh, gear doesn't make a difference, man. You know, like, um, yeah, like if I dude, in a perfect world, I'd keep shooting on Sony's, right? If they ever released a 10 bit, like four, two, two, four K 60 file, I'd just be back on Sony. Be like amazing. Um, but they didn't. And then I switched to Blackmagic and I'm like in love with the image. And so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, 
It's my favorite. It's like it's, so good. It's just like, funny. Here's to the thing. Me. I've been to Bali four times. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say it's funny to me because no matter how much we all know this, and every one of us would go on a Facebook Facebook group and say, gear doesn't matter, right? We all love gear, which by the way, if you love gear, awesome. I am not. I love gear. I love I gear. Love gear. <laughs> I would just yeah. buy gear just because I love it. It just makes me personally happy, <laughs> just to play with that yeah. stuff. Um, but it's funny, like if you, no matter how much you would tell someone, like, there's a good side of copying people, because it's where we all start, right? You, you, you know, you're gonna pick up a Ramon yeah. song and learn a Ramon song, right? That's how you learn to play guitar, you yeah. know. But like. And so I think yeah. it's awesome that like you must it's that people are like have people like you now, because when I was starting as a wedding filmmaker, I didn't know who to imitate. We had nobody. Well, it, yeah, I like, think we we originally got into it because we saw the still motion guys. That and was we were it. Like, That's what we want to do. We made still Let's motion ripoff yeah. films for like five years. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that's all we did is we would just At like, like one tenth the prices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. exactly. <laughs> well, we had no, like, because they were using Canon 5D Mark IIs. We got Canon 5D Mark IIs. Like, so we have Mark IIs. And yeah. so, like, that kind of copying really, imit- like, that changed our life to have a person yeah, to copy. Yeah, okay. And, and so it's, like, it's really fascinating that now guys have you. There's so many people you can copy now. That There's will, a million. Like, There's so many yeah. talented people, yeah. That, that will just, like, I don't, like, whatever. Like, Go copy someone. If you're getting started, copy someone. Just <laughs> do the... 100%. Here, here's what's going to happen, right? Here's what's going to happen. Two, two things. Either, either you're going to start copying someone uh, and you're never really going to like find your own voice, so you'll never really like exceed past that. Or you can imitate people, but if, you're really, like, if you really care about getting better, you'll eventually like, realize like, what it was that you liked about whoever yes. you're copying or what thing you were copying. Mm-hmm. And you'll and it will naturally be paired with your strengths, and you will make it your own. For instance, yep. I was a huge Bel Air film fan. Uh, do you guys know Bel Air films out of Colorado? No. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, don't worry. He sold off his company. I don't like him anymore. They're great people, but when Tim was doing it, Tim was like the guy who started it. Phenomenal. Um, I, I was like so inspired by his work. So of course I like stalked his Instagram, like what light is he using? He had the most unique reception stuff just because it was like hard spotlight and stuff. So I like went out and imitated it, but eventually like I can never do Tim as well as Tim can do Tim. And that's the saying, like only you can do you, right? So, but eventually I ended up just using, I got that light and that piece of gear did make a difference on my local market of like how I was shooting reception films um, from like a lighting perspective because uh, in my local market, everyone just had you know lights on uh, things and no one was doing handheld stuff. Um, and so, like, I was able to, like, it inspired me to end up doing, like, these club video kind of things, which are, like, super, um, which is, that's not how Tim used them. Tim used them just as spotlights and slow-mo, but then whenever I used that light, I was like, oh, this, I can, like, do, like, these cool transitions when, it, like, I move the light off their face and it goes to black and then shine it on another person's face from another shot. And so it yep. inspired me to make, like, these, like, really fast cuts instead of doing it how Tim was doing it. But I just love the way that Tim's looked, so that's why I bought the light originally. So when you're, um, when you're being if creative, you're just, like I said, if you're real with yourself, yeah. When you're being creative, you need to actually spend more time editing things out of your process than adding things in. And one of the best things to do is copy something yeah, and suck it or copy something and hate it. You know, like we, <laughs> yeah. we, I, I will forever try to copy Sharon's, some of her like high key <laughs> stuff. Cause it's just the yeah. isolated like spot look that she does. It doesn't yeah. work if you're not in the right space. If you're not in the right yeah. lighting environment. I don't know how she makes it work at every space, but she's a unicorn. Well, cause she's like, like every she's one in, of her she's films, in, she makes it work. It's very New York city though. Like, it's the way that those venues yeah, are in yeah, New York yeah. and the way that they like to light them. No white walls. Yeah. It's the <laughs> yeah. way that they like to light them. It's the way like it's the this high how like all the venues, the ceilings are super high. There's just a there's thing. Just cigarette smoke burns yeah, all on the wall. There's just a thing, right? <laughs> and it's like if you're not A, if you're not her, B if you're not shooting the wedding like what you will find though is like, oh you guy the you buy the light, you try to do it the way that you think she does it. And A, you might do it differently and love it. And B, you might do it yeah. differently and, 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 you know, hate it. Who knows? But at the end of the day, you're going to learn something. <laughs> yeah. And so I would encourage you guys, like, For just sure. make, 
just copy Henry everything he makes. Just, <laughs> just. Well, <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting, Henry, because when we were at Vision Quest, we went out on the boat. Everyone's hanging out, having a good time. And then, yeah. you know, it, the, the, the hangout time kind of was dwindling down, and then it became like the dance party, right? And who's in the middle of the dance floor? Yeah, but yeah. Henry dancing, going crazy, pulling his hat off, putting it on people. We're all having a good time. Losing and I'm my like, boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, well, this feels like a Henry Martin's That's wedding exactly. film. You know, it's just like who you are. So you got to start <laughs> with copying. And then, you know, you'd slowly develop it into who you are. Like mm-hmm. your films feel like you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, this totally makes sense because this is who Henry is. This is like the first time. Well, I even the relational part. Out. Like yeah. not just the way that you talk about your clients now. It's like, I want to listen. I want to understand. Um, <laughs> that's how you talk to everyone when you meet people. That's yeah. who you are. And, and like, I've seen the more artists I meet, the more conversations I have, the more I learn about myself, the more I say to make good art, you have to know yourself and you have to make art that's true to you. And it's, good. it doesn't, it doesn't, is that you're saying? Cause you should coin that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I do think that's really good. That's really it's, good. It's, it's that journey, though, because I think the problem that a lot of young filmmakers make is they do take that advice where they're like, I got to be true to myself. And it's like, you don't know any. Like, you what do you know, mean? You, there's no content. Learn about you don't yourself. even know yeah. yourself yet. You don't know yourself yet. So it's yeah. like copying, you know, what you like about certain elements and then, you know, deve- slowly developing over time so you can find out what is real to yourself like mm-hmm. too many guys you know how many times i just see it on facebook all the time it's like some person will be like the client will ask for something I and they'll be wanna, like i'm not gonna make that for you that's not authentic no, they'll be like i want to create something that's truly different and i'm like how many wedding films has this person done like and they've done like five wedding films i'm like oh maybe you should work on you know create something that's financially creating supporting you <laughs> yeah, anything for a little bit and then you know make those choices but i will say i love art henry um but i i think at the end of the day like i don't know if this is a like <laughs> some people you're just some, some of us aren't as talented as other people and that's it and you're never going to make as nice films i'm as not other as talented people. as alex and whitney douglas no well i mean maybe you are <laughs> <laughs> but but like th- th- at the end of the day though like you don't need to feel insecure about that because you can actually make an awesome living and like i always try to remind yeah. guys about that well like, that ain't... you're gonna make a living you don't need to make a brothers martin's film to make an awesome living yeah on wedding films uh, yeah the big the, the biggest yeah so there's like there's the income side of it too but also from a creative side dude like um if you're just imitating like it's always going to i don't know like I, I talked a lot and like I had I did a presentation at wedding film retreat and I had to like really like die, I had to like guide all the viewers an hour and it was two hour and a half hour it was an hour so I had to like guide everyone through the process of like how like to I can't just like say this never mind I can't say it because if I don't like guide you through like the process is gonna come across as like really like I'm like against people that do like traditional films or people that do non-traditional films um, but I totally get what you're saying the biggest thing though is like if you're not like if you're imitating and you don't ever like find your own voice, then like that's totally fine because you will just fit into the category of like making kind of normal wedding films and you'll make a really good income. And like it, you don't have to be like a trendsetter, unique person or whatever. Like there's a client that wants what you do. Yep. There's a client for every style of wedding film, and there's a client that wants. Uh, they li- there's literally so actually the majority of clients want to hire a wedding filmmaker that uh, has very similar work consistently between all of their um, all their films because they want to know what they're getting. And there's a smaller portion of the population uh, that wants something completely custom tailored to them. Um, but the majority of, of brides, they want to know what they're getting. And that's, that's why the luxury market uh, that I'm trying to get into is uh, so much smaller than maybe the luxury market totally. that like Ray Roman or you know other people are getting into where it's pretty consistent across the board. But that's pretty Henry of you. You know, you're a, you're you're well, a, you're well, a risk taker. Uh, and you're you're going to do the thing that like makes you creatively satisfied. And that's why your films are good, because if you did something else, it wouldn't be you. You know, and I think that oh, is yeah, what people. Like I just, yeah. That's what people need to figure out, I guess, is what I keep what I'm saying is like figure yourself out and like yeah. and base your company on that and base your art on that. And like 
screw what anybody thinks yeah. about it. Because there's no, there's nothing wrong. There's no right or wrong way to yeah. run your business or on what style of wedding film you're creating. So 100% agree with that. Like you got to find out, do you, and it's, it's honestly pretty, like there's not that many categories. Like do you want to shoot the same style weddings like often? Or do you want to shoot like really different and unique style weddings between like your weekends? Well, and that's like a good place to start. Like I can't, I can't shoot the same wedding every weekend. Henry, I have a question. What got you into watches? What's up? Uh, I just love watches, man. Oh, man. I, uh, I always have. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I um, wa yeah, watches like watches and shoes. I'm really into shoes right now too. Yeah. Um, you, we always talk like, about our dream sponsor. I, I like being comfortable for the uh, wedding pros podcast would be Wolf and Shepherd. Who's that? <laughs> Wolf and Shepherd, man. Oh hell yeah! I want to get them involved. Wolf and Shepherd, dude. Because. I want to start shooting their marketing. Their marketing's pretty good. It could, yeah, it could, yeah, it could be better if you did it. Yeah. So you should do that. What? Uh, what's? What, anybody, what's your next watch piece no. that you're gonna get? You eyeing any? Oh, uh, I'm not gonna buy one for a long time. Yeah. No, no, because I um I I have I have like this one nice watch that I love. Um, but like I'm at a point where it's like I bought I basically I bought this for myself. This yeah. is like and this is gonna sound like super I don't know douchey, but. I really love Rolex. I don't love them for the name or whatever, but I love being part of the little club with my clients. They all have Rolexes yep. and um, I've always been a watch guy. And so I had a bunch of watch, I had like, you know, 15 different watches all under like $500 before. But right before I got married, I was like, I'm gonna buy like one last big purchase for myself. Uh, and so I got a really amazing deal on this watch and bought it. And um, it's um, it like, I love, I love wearing it. I just like, it's like my thing, yeah. right? But now that I have it, I can't like, go back and so there's like other Rolexes i want <laughs> yeah. but they're so expensive um that i'm not gonna so, i'm not gonna buy one for a long time so would you actually if i just didn't buy a new camera gear i probably could afford one. <laughs> yeah. so would you say just the number one tip to becoming successful in the luxury market is owning a, a rolex <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and don't and don't buy a date just. You got to own at least a Submariner or a yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. Because so if you're trying like Uns unspoken rules, I didn't really I didn't really understand it until I, I watched. So I became a um, snob. Houdinki, and I was like, this is so it's silly. And then I was like, oh, see, I I can you know I can latch onto that a little bit, like the whole like heritage of a watch and like passing it down and so Bro. i'm like ah, oh, i love that idea like of my kids eventually wearing the watch that i bought so i'm like i'm saving up i always right tell now him i'm deleting this is a this is a collector's edition yeah, this man. is a this is called a triple six yeah. uh sea dweller and it was made in 1987 yes and it looks just as relevant today yep. in 2020. ah oh, dude it's, it's crazy I, I so we're having my, my wife's pregnant now and so i'm like you know, well, I have um, to buy a Rolex, honey. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, kind of, kind of the same thing where I'm like, well, you know, it probably will be the last purchase that I make for myself I mean, in the next 18 years. <laughs> but, you know, it will be something that you, I can do. And dude, it's honestly, it's like parking cash. It's like parking yeah. cash. Yeah. If you ever get in trouble or you need to pay for your kids' you college tuition, you, see you can just go sell your Rolex. <laughs> Did it. you see the guy? Speaking of watches, this old guy with a big beard, right? And he was on one of those. <laughs> antique road shows right and he's like hey oh yeah you saw dude. that he had the most perfect da daytona <laughs> yeah he it was, was like a mintless daytona it was a new old stock so it was like unopened he he bought it put it in a safe oh. in the box for 450 bucks he paid for it or something like that some tiny amount of money and he got yeah. it after he got out of the military or something it's like 45 years old or something he goes to the guy and the guy appraises it. He goes, this might sell for $700,000. <laughs> the guy passes out. <laughs> Dude, oh. That's the crazy, it's, it's, I, think, I think it's classified as the best conditioned uh, Rolex Daytona in the world. Wow. So that's why it's worth no so kidding. much money. Cause it's literally, it's never been open. It's like mint condition. Well, it's funny it's if you like watch ridiculous. it, the guy reviewing it is like, He's like smiling and like it's so awkward. He can't even keep it in. Yeah. Um, hey, so that was just a real detour we took there into watches. But man, yeah. Henry, we so appreciate it. There's probably a yeah, million dude. other things we could go into because and we like what's funny. I'm thinking back on what we talked about. It was so nerdy. And so if you're listening, do we actually cover anything? I know. <laughs> we talked about <laughs> editing and like. Here's the thing though. It's like that's what I love. I know that's what you love, Henry, and like at the core of it is like we're just yeah. on here to do what I want to do, <laughs> which is 
Oh, perfect. Then we're good. Then we're good. <laughs> so, so if you were listening to this and you were bored, well, you know, I had a good time. So. No, oh, I thought that was awesome, man. Henry, thank you so much for joining us, man. And and good luck in Bali. My, my pleasure, Sounds like guys. a fun yeah, time. Yeah, dude. Um, you're gonna be at. I'm in. Just chilling. Are you ever in the East Coast ever? Uh, do you believe it or not? No, I have a lot of clients from there, but I'm like rarely, rarely in the East Coast. Uh, yeah, it's like actually no, I'm gonna be in Rhode Island in June, Nantucket. Oh yeah, no. that's my that's my neck Rhode of the woods. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I live in Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. I live in Providence. I live okay. 15 minutes okay. yeah, from I'm going to be there. Dude, hit us up, man. Hit us up. We'll take you to a soccer right, game or something. All right, guys. I'll see you in June. All right. June's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Awesome, man. Henry, Have an you, man. awesome. Is that crushing your couch? I think lodging's really expensive. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's I mean, getting up there. He's a landowner. So yeah. maybe he yeah, can fine. grant you some. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Nice. All right. Have an awesome vacation, man. See ya. Cool. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, guys. Adios.